ESPN's reporting that the NBA Board of Governors is going to vote tomorrow on a plan that would restart the season with 22 teams for eight regular season games, a possible play-in tournament for the eighth seed, and the playoffs all taking place in Orlando, Florida at Disney World. And the champions will be whichever team doesn't get the virus. Yeah. Have they worked out the whole, if somebody tests positive, then what do they do? Does the whole thing shut down? I haven't heard that. Have you, Sean? If they figured it out, they haven't shared that plan yet. Yeah, I think it's an unsolvable riddle. So maybe they're just gonna let's hope. Maybe they're just gonna. Well, you know, it's like uh, what do I do? What am I gonna do if I get attacked by a bear in my living room? I don't know. <laughs> let's hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> there, there was a. <laughs> there was a UFC. You don't have a particular plan for that. No, I can't. Uh, there is no solving that riddle, so I'm not gonna try. Well, the difference is, there's, I'll run it's to the kitchen. Fairly unlikely you're gonna be attacked by a bear in your living room. It is pretty damn likely a player is going to turn up with the COVID. I got a lot of bears in my neighborhood. Unless they, maybe their plan is don't test anybody till July. Don't test anybody. Just everybody mums the word. Uh, There was a UFC event uh, where one of the combatants uh, tested positive, and they just scrapped him and his opponent and their corner from the card and made him isolate. Um, It's a little different in team sports. I would say, because if you have one player get it on the team, and they're practicing together and hanging out together and sweating and rubbing against each other, you have a great reason to assume the others have it. It's very unlikely that the test proved positive because you tested them right at the moment they got it. <laughs> They've probably already had it for the previous however many hours. Well, yeah. Right, exactly. So you, you could assume that the other people have got it, though they haven't tested positive for it yet. So what do you do? And they were sweating and leaning on this other team. I just I don't see how it's workable. Well, I'm not worried about it personally. I'm just wondering how they're going to do it, like from a legal health standpoint. Right? Yeah, it's an interesting logistical question. To bottom line it, though, all those guys are young, healthies. Maybe some of the coaches are in higher risk categories. Maybe some of the trainers have asthma or something like that. But uh, you know, the the vast likelihood, the 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 greatest likelihood is that if some you know 24 year old point guard gets it, he'll be fine anyway. Oh, no doubt about it, but. Uh, so I know. I, I hear they're you. just going to play with it. I just, I just wonder what they're going to do. Ah, play through it. Bad news: LeBron's got the COVID. Tournament's over. The the greats played through their injuries. The Lakers are Chinese out. bat pandemics. <laughs> yeah, Lakers are out. LeBron's got the COVID. <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played through three Chinese pandemics. You modern <laughs> players whining and a couple of different names. Exactly. Uh, Lou anyway, Alcindor, never forget. I'm excited. <laughs> what? <laughs> What? I disavow. What? what the hell is that? Nothing. <laughs> um, uh, Just so. trying not to be crushed by the weight of current events. Yeah, no kidding. I found this kind of interesting because it came up on the show. So Wall Street Journal's got a big article about how many of the businesses across the country that were smashed up are minority-owned businesses in uh, you know minority neighborhoods. Yeah. Certainly not exclusive <laughs> as... The big Macy's store, the flagship Macy's store in New York, just got smashed to bits. The president was tweeting about that yesterday, saying you just can't allow this. And you can't. You can't allow that. Nope. In the United States of America, that can't happen. But anyway, back to the small businesses, says the Wall Street Journal. And they're they're talking specifically about 52nd Street in Philadelphia. But there are examples of this all across the country. Especially minority-owned ones typically have little savings and very often don't have multiple locations to blunt the ravages of the pandemic and then the looting. 46% of black-owned businesses were profitable at the end of 2017 compared to 55% of white-owned firms. Uh, I find those both those numbers low. 
That's that's something. Yeah. Only half of businesses are profitable in a given year. That's something. Yep. Anyway, uh, they often are. Which it's probably worth accenting that, and I'm glad you did. For the crowd that thinks every small business owner is rolling in cash. And could easily. Most of them are desperately trying to make payroll and grow their business. And could easily play their, pay their employees more if they just weren't so evil. Right. Sleeping right. on their bags of money at home. I've been a part of small businesses that every dime you make in profit, you plow back into the business to try to grow it. These businesses often aren't insured against riots and other man-made disasters and have little in the way of financial reserves. So you got no insurance against this happening. Right. That is amazing. Right. The anarchists don't care. They just want to start the big race war. Uh, in Philadelphia, this specific article, small businesses are the mainstay of 52nd Street, making up roughly 90% of the 200 or so businesses on the corridor. Um, many of which were damaged the other night in the rioting that were, you know, the businesses were not protected for whatever reason. And I suppose that conversation is still ongoing. Um, major looting struck dozens of the city's 200 business corridors with possibly more than a thousand businesses affected in Philadelphia alone. A thousand. The 52nd Street corridor was among the worst hit. Um, and then you get into these numbers, which I thought were damned interesting from a, num- uh, a whole bunch of different angles. Small businesses with profit margins of 15% or more. Who does the best among all your racial groups in running small businesses? Asians? Asians. I don't know. Is this a quiz? Yeah. Asians. Okay. By quite a bit. Mm. Almost 74% of, of Asian businesses uh, have this profit margin of 15% or more. Then it drops down to 69% for white but then way down to 11% for the black-owned and 9% for the Hispanic-owned. Wow. And those are the businesses that got uh, hit hard by the rioting. Right. And then small businesses with 14 days or more of cash reserves. What minority group? Almost 100% of the businesses have 14 days of cash reserves. I think we know the answer. The Asians. Yes. Almost 100% of Asian-owned businesses. Check your Asian privilege. Yeah, exactly. When am I getting mine? Uh, have two weeks or more of cash reserves. Almost 100% of Asian That's really interesting. Yes. You're going to tell me that that's not a cultural thing? No, it's Asian supremacy. I mean, you, it's the you, Asian uh, uh, patriarchy. You almost have to be a full-on racist if you're going to explain it any other way. Yes. It's because of their the color of their skin and their race that they have two weeks of cash reserves for their businesses if a crisis hits. Right. It's got no. It's not cultural norms. It's not uh, tradition or, or a way of seeing life. No, it's it's Asian supremacy. Uh, it drops way down to seventy percent for white-owned businesses. So what what is it for Asians? Nearly a hundred, almost a hundred percent. So there's a thirty percent disparity, a inequity for white businesses. Check your Asian privilege, right? Uh, so it drops way down to 70% for white. Then you get down to uh, black-owned businesses, 5%. Yikes! Had 14 days or more of cash reserves, and they got hit hard with the looting. Oh, that is so terrible. Windows. So you got no insurance, and you've got no cash reserves. You are done. That is so closing up. horrible. Yeah. Well, you understand. There are some of the, the righteous protesters who know that, which is why they're trying like crazy to rein in the, the, the anarchists and the thieves. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I stand with them on that. 
Well, it's like George Foy's brother said the other day. When you're done with this, you're going to say, let's go you know, buy something. You turn around and the store's gone. Right. Yeah, and some of the protesters are saying, hey, we live here. That's where we go buy you know, our, uh, our, our razors and our mouthwash. That mm-hmm. convenience store right there? Yeah. So why are we, we stealing from it? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I need to go there tomorrow morning. You protesters, you ought to be the most militant, anti-anarchist, anti-looter, anti-vandal uh, Americans. You ought to be at the vanguard of reigning these people, and to a large extent, uh, to some extent, they are. When does the racial discussion turn uh, and get the, the that whole Asian part more involved? Because I think it makes it way more interesting, because it's always easy to blame uh, a, a whitey because, you know, founding fathers, look at all the presidents, blah, 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 history of the country. Mm-hmm. Then how do you explain Asians doing better in school, better in the businesses, getting into the the, the private universities? They're going to get there, you know, all that sort of stuff. That that clouds the narrative as issued by the professors and the activists. That 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 so disproves a lot of their premises, uh, not all of them, but a lot of them that uh, that they'll never bring it up. That's and, interesting. And, and stuff. if you do, they will turn away. They will not engage. Pretty interesting stuff. It's not about a lot of these people. It's not about justice. It's about power. Now, there are plenty of people in the streets seeking justice, 100%, and my sympathies are with them. Uh, but uh, a lot of people are just seeking power. Yeah, absolutely, it's an interesting aspect of this, but nobody wants to talk about that. I don't want to say this. Oh, no. Probably ought to think it over. Because I feel like people are going to tune out of the radio if I say coming up a Tiger King update. Listen! How tired is that? We both know. He, I, he's Jack, I'm Joe, how are you? What's your name? Really? Um, With two Ks? All right. My best friend's name growing up was the same as you. Anyway, uh, we both know Tiger King is over. It's it's played. It's it's so worn out. It's, it's dumb to even bring it up. I mean, it's so incredibly unhip. This update I had to bring to you. Okay. All right. And it's about? Sean, what's it about? Carol... Baskin. <laughs> that is correct. Can't convince me that it didn't happen. <laughs> Get him to the Tigers. They snap. Him. So stay tuned for that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Businesses shut down and you're ordered off the streets about dark all across the country. More on that coming up. Because of the COVID or? Combination of everything going oh, on. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the sheriff of Hillsborough County, Florida. The only update was the fact that they called in some experts to, experts to say that the, the will was a forgery. And I had already told them, you know, that, what you know. Two months ago. Wait, the will is a forgery? Oh, yeah. No, they had two experts deem it 100% a forgery. We knew that before um, because the girl who came forward and said, hey, I was forced to witness and say that I I witnessed these signatures. The problem was the statute of limitations had already expired. The will had already been executed at that point. Get right. But, you know, it certainly cast another shadow of suspicion by, by all means. Get the song ready, ladies and gentlemen. What will? Who, who are we talking about here? 
That was the will of Carol Baskin's vanished husband we're discussing that left everything to his murderer, allegedly. Carol Baskin killed her husband, whacked him. Can't convince me that it didn't happen. Fed him to tigers, they stack it. What's happening? Carol Baskin. What's happening? Ladies and gentlemen, the sheriff saying, oh, yeah, it's forged. Some other folks brought in experts. We we knew that already. Wow. You got some tiger somewhere fat on her poor departed husband. Man, if that documentary ended with both of the tiger owners in prison, that'd be something. (laughs) Yeah. How about the sex cult one, weirdo, Doc Antle? Wow, throw him in jail just as a precaution. He's just floating through life with his harem. Oh, my. <laughs> my. With his bony tail in his harem. Oh, <laughs> come on. God, there are so many despicable people in that freaking show. Was there anybody who wasn't despicable? The guy with no legs seemed like the nicest guy out of the whole thing. <laughs> I thought the guy who worked the gun counter at Walmart, who was his libertarian campaign manager, was pretty endearing. Yeah, he seemed like a decent dude. Yeah, he was an okay guy. <laughs> If you had the Venn diagram, though, the overlapping circles of horrific people and tweakers. I mean, the the people outside, completely outside either of those two descriptions, very small. Maybe the cameraman. I don't know. <laughs> so we get- Statute of limitations is run out, though, so they can't get her for that, gotcha. for forgery. Gotcha. Can't convince me that it didn't happen. Cloud of Suspicion is my smooth jazz album I put out in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly uh, tuneful. Um, Yeah. So we were... You mostly played the the flugelhorn, influenced by Chuck Mangione, as I recall. So I was just reading about how uh, the... Well, there were three cops shot in Brooklyn last night, I think. Oh, Lord, and one stabbed in the neck. But in uh, in Manhattan, it was less violent. But as uh, as I was just reading in the dispatch, yeah, that's because they got everybody off the street starting at eight o'clock. So you got all these businesses that are closed down for the COVID, and now nobody can even be out and about after eight o'clock. And as you said the other day, while a lot of it, you know, you can come up with a reason to, a reason for this sort of stuff, the government's uh, really in the business of keeping businesses shut and you off the street right now, right? Which is because uh, they say so. And again, maybe justifiable, but I tell you what, if your fur isn't bristling a little bit at this point, and your your spider sense isn't aroused, as they say, uh, you're, you're not paying attention. So, What's the next excuse the government comes up with for telling you you got to stay home? Right. You can't come out. Let's see. Let's, let's find out together. So one of the most popular uh, football players in the NFL came out pro-standing for the national anthem. Of course, that's seen as you're anti-black, I guess, by the other side. And I, I, If I were to steel man the opposition to Drew Brees, they would say that he misrepresented their argument by responding to kneeling protests as disrespecting the flag. Well, uh, either way, so right. I don't, we don't go back into that. Um, uh, the... The NFL has got a situation now because it's going to become so. I'm, we're thinking more players are going to kneel this season. Oh, it's hundred percent certain. And 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 even more than last time around, it will be if you aren't kneeling. It's not just you're not just you deciding to opt out of the conversation, right? You're making an active statement 
uh, to the other side of the kneelers. Well, that is the critical race theory, uh, uh, social justice warrior creed. You need you are either one hundred percent with us in one hundred percent of the way I say you need to be with us, or you are an enemy. You yeah. are against us. Yeah, that's the idea that you're either racist or anti-racist. There's no. Uh, I just live my life and don't think about it. Right. You, well, then you're a racist. Right. Um. The, you, so if you're not anti-racist, so you would not. You'd be racist by standing by definition because you're not being anti-racist. So yes. the NFL is going to have a big problem there. They will, I predict, play the anthem before the players come out on the field or something like that. Yeah, I think they're going to have to eliminate it. Yeah, I just, I just, which is and folks, trust us, we know what you're thinking. <laughs> but it's a for-profit business. I don't yeah. see any other way to handle it other than to just get it out of there. Or you will have your employees at each other's throats. Divided by race. Well, and the crowd's oh goody. The crowd fighting in the stands over, you know, who's standing and who's not. Oh, it'll just be awful. Oh, jeez. I never thought I'd live to see these days. Yeah, it's 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 something. And not and not a lot of uh, like I said earlier. I got no answers. You're supposed you would do talk radio. You're supposed to have a clear answer. What's right and what's wrong. And this is what's right. This is what we do. I don't know what the, the what the right answer is for a lot of these things. No, no, and and. You must be careful how you express your thoughts on them as well, so you don't end up getting canceled. Now, trust us, we're not, we don't, we don't pump the brakes very much because of those concerns. We just don't. Um, but you have to at least be aware of it. I mean, look sure. at poor Drew Brees. He agreed, just not in the right way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Okay, this is from my soft to rock, smooth jazz album I put out called Cloud of Suspicion. Came out in 1984. I wore a suit jacket with the sleeves pushed up and a t-shirt underneath it. Sounds oddly familiar. This was from your album? Was this a hit song? What a limp country we were then. 1975. Yeah, come up with the year. I think it's important. What year was Feels Feel So Good? Feels so good. What year did this song come out? That the might be the Lugal heard around the world. <laughs> here, here comes the part that I really kicks ass. It's maybe more like this kicks ass. No, it's got to be more like 78 because it's, it's disco. June disco. 15th, 1977. There you go. I knew it was Carter era. That's when we were the limpest country ever. The The, the cars were the worst. The music was the worst. And just every, so many things were just like limp. And 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 soft, weak men were the heroes of the silver screen. Right. Alan Alda reigns supreme. Right. I mean, just, oh, this just... Alan Alda slander will not stand. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're we're at least as bad right now, just in a different way. <laughs> and the cars uh, are are much better. I'm not sure my More thesis holds together, but I enjoy it. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> um, yeah, the cars your thesis were holding bad. together is not even required. You just have to bellow it loudly. God, we'll get the audio for this. Smash up a store. We'll get the audio from this later. I just came across it on the Twitter feed. Some This was hailed as like a cool thing yesterday. Some people downtown cleaning graffiti off the walls. So this was the whole, no, we're, you know, we're cleaning up what the, the, the ne'er-do-wells are doing. We have a message, okay. you know, about police brutality. We're the good side. We're the, the good protesters. And the 
thugs are ruining our city. And everybody got up in the morning and sweeped up the glass and cleaning off the graffiti. I'm loving it so far. You got these three white girls who are cleaning off graffiti and they're getting lectured by somebody who I assume is black oh. on about why are you doing that? It's you're, you're being a racist by cleaning the graffiti off the wall. So, oh boy! And yeah. does this factor into the uh, the videotape that's making the rounds, where a, a woman is forced verbally to her knees? Oh, I saw by that. an activist and made to apologize it. for being white. I don't think "forced" is the right word in that she's so willingly compliant, which is more troubling. Yeah, she's the, fine with it. She thinks that she, to her it makes perfectly good sense. I should get down on my knees and beg for forgiveness as a white person. I, I what I the agree. hell is that? Forced is 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 imprecise. I think it is. It's similar to when someone is uh, so thoroughly cowed. That if you tell them get on your knees, they just get on their knees. So yeah, we should talk about that later. Um, so did the Tom Cotton op-ed piece in the New York Times run or not? Oh, it ran. It actually ran. Yeah, but the the editorial board or the 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 other reporters there were very unhappy about it. Correct. Okay. So they all tweeted the same verbiage, right? Uh, so Senator Tom Cotton, Republican Arkansas, wrote an op-ed for the New York Times, and I'll read what he wrote. One thing above all else will restore order to our streets, an overwhelming show of force to disperse, detain, and ultimately deter lawbreakers. The pace of looting and disorder may fluctuate from night to night, but it's past time to support local law enforcement with federal authority. Some governors have mobilized the National Guard, yet others refuse, and in some cases the rioters still outnumber the police and guard combined. We heard that from one one police department. In these circumstances, the Insurrection Act authorizes the president to employ the military or any other means in cases of insurrection or obstruction to the laws. So he's for the whole Insurrection Act that the president threw out there, I think, partially trolling the media the right, other day. Right, Obstruction to the laws? or of the, That's pretty broad. Uh, New York Times reporters registered public objections claiming that merely publishing the piece was a threat to some colleagues and tweeted, running this puts black at New York Times staff in danger. So there was a revolt in the news department at the New York Times over the fact that they would publish that point of view from Tom Cotton. Mm. Well, that's typical of the New York Times and, you know, the Atlantic firing Kevin Williamson before he wrote a paragraph, even though he's brilliant and the rest of it. Well, to their credit, they did run it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tip my cap to them for that. Uh, so, yeah, that's, there are a couple of stories here. Number one, the the utter unwillingness to even consider a different point of view it shouldn't even be heard uh, by the New York Times staffers. And then there's the question of whether Tom Cotton is right or not, which I find an interesting one. There's part of me that says, look, the states have the resources they need. If they're not utilizing them, they will feel that at the ballot box and new people will be placed in power. Now, if I'm getting my head beat in or my business torched. I don't want to wait till November. Or, 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 or enduring, you know, terrible suffering at the hands of the mobs, then uh, I'm thinking, yeah, Joe, that's great in theory, but I want the troops out here. Um, so I'm kind of torn on that one. Uh, the states have the resources. In the National Guard, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, although a lot of cop shops are, are brutally undermanned, as we were discussing a little bit earlier. Uh, I happen to live in, in a town that has the lowest police officers to citizens ratio, I believe, in my state. It's uh, There are practically none. I was um, uh, noodling this through last night in my own head. Uh, having read yet another article about how um, 
police pulling out of these minority areas of uh, towns and, and and some of the lower income areas of towns is really going to hurt those areas of towns. Oh, my gosh. Over- that Harvard study? Oh, stunning. Thousands die after the police pull back. Sure. Because of the protests. And if you live in a, an upscale area, mid-class or above, you're you're fairly safe. Mm-hmm. So it ain't hurting you any right. that the police pulled out over there. And, I mean, they're not. we're not going to defund the police and police go away. That's not on the table, obviously. But the people that are screaming for God that. God help us. What do you think would occur even if you did that? Neighborhoods, the, the more upscale neighborhoods where we can afford it, we'll hire our own private security because we aren't just going to let bands of, of uh, roving lunatics come into our neighborhood and steal our stuff. Mm-hmm. We'll pool together money to come up with a security. Don't you think that's what would happen? And the poor neighborhoods can't. So right. you still haven't changed anything. You've well, described essentially the, the plot of The Purge. Is where, that a movie? It's a or movie a... where lawlessness is allowed one night, but it's mm-hmm. a commentary on the, the wealthy families can afford the security yeah. systems and the yeah. blah, blah, blah. That's never going to happen. But I mean, so, but your, your way out there crazy idea wouldn't work either. In fact, it would make things worse for your argument. Yes. And almost immediately, I think it would take about a week and a half for the scenario you've pointed to take shape and the, 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 the new police forces to form. And the, the poor neighborhoods be utterly unguarded and decimated by crime. Uh, there's a Florida sheriff who's speaking out that if you haven't heard him yet, you don't want to miss it on this very topic. But speaking of home security, the very best overall home security of 2020, according to U.S. News and World Report, is simply safe. Really impressive. Yeah, well, well, first of all, it's the best overall home security system you can get if you want a home security system, according to U.S. News and World Report. Best overall home security for 2020. Uh, this is what I like about it, though. You order it online, click a button on the website. It comes to you in the mail. You open the box. You place the sensors where they're supposed to go. You plug it in. You've done it yourself. Yeah, nobody's coming to your home. Uh, this is not, you know, days of installation or anything like that. At hundreds of dollars. No, no technician or salesperson has to come by and disrupt your life. You don't pay any outrageous monthly fees. It's about 50 cents a day. You don't have a long contract that you're locked into. And you order this 60-day money-back guarantee if for some reason you don't like it, but you will like it. Yep. Free shipping to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Simply is spelled with two I's. S-I-M-P-L-I. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong so they know we sent you. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. All right, Sean. It's cut 38. This is Sheriff. Oops, my computer just went wacky. Uh, this is Sheriff Great. Uh, there it is, Grady Judd of Florida, Polk County specifically. His words: We have received information in social media that some of the criminals were going to take their criminal conduct in. But we have received information in social media that some of the criminals were going to take their criminal conduct into the neighborhoods. I would tell them if you value your life, you probably shouldn't do that in Polk County because the people of Polk County like guns. They have guns. I encourage them to own guns. And they're going to be in their homes tonight with their guns loaded. And if you try to break into their homes to steal, to set fires, I'm highly recommending they blow you back out of the house with their guns. That's Frank talk. Uh, it is, and how's that being received? 
It depends who you ask. Well, I'm sure, but is he, he hasn't been forced to apologize or anything? No, I don't get the idea he, he would either. He's an I elected official, and he's uh, got widespread support in his community. Worth mentioning this. Sheriff Judd expressed anger at George Floyd's death in Minneapolis. The death of George in Minneapolis at the hands of that police officer was outrageous. Had that police officer done here what he did there, he would have been locked up in the county jail by sundown. Yeah, well, yeah. that's uh, A lot of people have said that across mm-hmm. the country. How right. the hell was he out for a whole week? Can you vote for that sheriff uh, if you don't live in his county somehow? <laughs> so, Is there a GoFundMe? Or? We mentioned yesterday, I think the number was 6 million guns sold in the last three months. Each each month, a record by far in the terms of the number of guns sold. And that yes, was... and I bought no stock in gun manufacturers. Do you know why? Because <laughs> I'm stupid. As, as am I, apparently. Yes. Got it. So... How how does my brain work? So I go to Big Five Sporting Goods at the very beginning of COVID. And I say, you probably haven't been very busy today, today. And he said, oh, God, are you kidding? We've been killed. People buying bullets. Do I think, wow, people are buying bullets. You should invest. And no, I didn't think that. Nope. And for three months since then, I could have got in. I would. I was already in in the beginning. It's not like I missed <clears throat> missed it. <clears throat> for the last three months, record guns and bullet sales, ammunition sales. Jack, they're winners and losers in life. <laughs> Welcome to Loserville. Population us. How do I not think of that? But anyway, um, I've, I've always said, I think the scenario for owning a gun where somebody breaks into my house and I'm able to get my gun out of my safe, load it, and use it effectively, is, all of those things are so unlikely. But You got your gun in a safe? I got I got one gun in my right hand, one in my left. As I sleep, before I had kids, they were they were within arm's reach, very ah, easy yes. to get okay. to. Right, but, um, of course, of course, responsible uh, gun ownership. But um, uh, so I've I've never really you know oh, and thought a knife of in my teeth. <laughs> you sleep with a knife in your teeth and a gun in each hand. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, but but some sort of civil unrest. That's why I own guns yeah. and ammunition. Yeah. When the if the if the S hits the F. As you say, you can say fan. <laughs> if, if you want. When you say it your way, it just makes it sound worse. <laughs> anyway, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, I'm just looking at that poll. So you, you, the, the poll out today that uh, uh, national polling, Biden's up by 11, which he has been uh, pretty consistently that. But there's another poll, and I've been reading about this lately. Trump and Biden are neck and neck in the six crucial swing states. You see, we, we use the Electoral College. It's not a national election. Right. So as you might remember from the last time around, you can win the national election. But you will not be president unless you win the right states. And they are neck and neck in the crucial swing states. So, And that's the way we do it. Um, uh, San Diego is bringing out the National Guard. San Diego area. Uh, as has been uh, requested by a lot of people. As I keep saying, yeah, we have to restore order. Job one. Whatever it takes. How far do you go? However far you have to go to stop people from walking the streets and smashing stuff up and stealing everything. San Diego Sheriff requests National Guard 100 troops to deploy in La Mesa. So we'll see if that helps. Yeah, there was terrible uh, rioting and smashing and destruction in La Mesa 
which is, uh, if you know the area, that's it's just so surprising and wrong. It's a lovely town, uh, quaint, you know, safe, reasonably, and just it's it's awful. Um, uh, do we have that? Uh, is there tape for that? Tape? Do we have tape? Is there tape? Is there a clip? Let's play the clip. Seriously, do, do we have a clip of that? I can't remember. Of what? Uh, the uh, the sheriff asking for. No, I don't think so. No, okay. That's just breaking news. That just happened in, like, oh, in okay. the last couple minutes. All right. Uh, you know, it's interesting. We got this note from, uh, we'll say, Al Anonymous, um, talking about uh, one of the uh, the county supervisors there, um, uh, Nathan Fletcher. Uh, this uh, this uh, person says he's been one of the biggest frauds I've witnessed in my local politics. Between his timeline of switching parties three times, depending on the political wins or what his wife wants, uh, he's in the league of his own in terms of moral standing, but not having the, it. Anyway, the main point of this email was a simple question I've thought about these last few months. Has anyone considered a lot of the policymakers across this nation are from the helicopter parented generation? I do find it a little coincidental that we're basically being sheltered from literal harm uh, during this pandemic, much the way uh, helicopter parents do. Mm. We're foregoing learning to mitigate an issue to avoid it completely so, at the expense of our communities and local businesses. Closing down all the businesses and us willingly going along with it is the rubber things on the corner of your dining room table of America. Or not being allowed to go ride your bike on your own or play with your friends in the park unless there are multiple parents not only supervising it, but having scheduled what games you would play and in what way. It has to be related. I don't know how closely it's related, but it's related. The The quest for perfect safety is such a huge change. There was a giant, devastating pandemic in 1968 that nobody talks about. Killed 100,000 people, almost right. exactly the number we've got right now. Right, exactly. Nothing closed. People tried not to get you it. You didn't even know what happened. I didn't know what happened. I lived through it and didn't know what happened. It's a giant cultural change. Yeah, I'd say um, so thank you, Al, for the notes. Good point. Twenty-four hour meat vending machines are a hit with customers. I have questions, but go on. I'm praying they're uh, refrigerated. Is yeah. Well, and is there a way to keep them plugged in? I remember there was this convenience store, some town I lived in, that had a live bait vending machine, <laughs> and Cretans kept unplugging it because if you left it, it was outside the convenience store. You, you leave the live vending machine un bite um, the bait vending machine unplugged outside yeah. in the heat for very long. It uh, gives off quite a stench, and an aggressive scent, and it's no longer live bait. Well, That's no. the key. No, it's not. It's not pleasant for the worms, but and everything right. else. But it gets very, very smelly. I would think the same thing would happen if you if some cretin unplugged the meat vending machine. Great. But anyway, Scott. that problem aside, maybe it's got solar panels or something. <laughs> yes, let's dry assume, ice. I don't let's know. assume it does. <laughs> Moving along. The new meat vending machine at this one particular, uh, it's in Rochester, New York, is a hit with customers who can now purchase their steaks and chops with minimal person-to-person contact. People want the beef. That's right, sir. <laughs> you know, the whole butcher shop thing is difficult at, uh, if you've been to your uh, local grocery store. Yeah. Who's breathing on what? Who's touching what? Yeah, don't be breathing on me. I'll feel much safer getting <laughs> my meat out of the vending machine. Well, what? It depends. <laughs> B7. <laughs> 
And then the little glass thing opens up, and I reach in with my bare hands, I guess, and grab a slab of pork chop. Or is it one of those little spoolie things that pushes the candy bar out and then falls four feet? Because (laughs) everybody knows that candy tastes better after you drop it. And and your pork roast gets stuck, and you're shaking the machine and everything. How frustrating would that be? Give me my leg of lamb. Well, it, it depends entirely where you are and what's going on geographically. Which brings me to an email I just popped open. Jack Jack was just walking into the studio uh, as we were coming out of the commercial break. And what did I say? Something like, that's it. I give up. Mm. This is why people check out. <laughs> I'm opening the email from my wise and benevolent county fathers where I happen to live. There has not been a single Chinese bat fever death in two months and there were only nine total, and they were, I believe, all very old people. God bless their souls. So it's been months since anybody succumbed from the bat fever. And they are very cautiously and very authoritatively informing us that additional businesses in stage two can now reopen their doors. As long as they meet guidelines, blah, blah, blah. These businesses include dine-in restaurants. Amenities, including bars or gaming areas, are not permitted in Stage 2. God, I heard somebody from the state also with a very stern voice saying, we will be keeping an eye on this, and people who do not follow the guidelines will be punished. Stop with that tone of voice on ordering us around about our own freedom of movement and running our businesses. And our own safety. And then they have a picture of a restaurant open, and the guy ordering has a mask on, and the waiter has a mask on. I guess you're going to jam the food through your mask (laughs) or get it strained and try to suck it through. (laughs) Speaking of suck it, I'm looking at you, county supervisors. Armstrong and Getty. 